All right, let's welcome in one of my favorites. No lineup change. You're coming off of a really bad 7-3 loss and no lineup change. And I'm thinking to myself as we introduce our next guest that Timothy Lilligren is sitting there just saying to himself, give me a chance, give me a chance. Give me a chance. <laughs> Eddie Oldchuck. How are you, buddy? What's up, Kipper? Justin, nice to be with you guys. Hope you're doing well. And uh, obviously a monumental game uh, tonight uh, for the Leafs and uh, the Lightning. And uh, It's a hell of a time of year. I was in uh, D.C. last night for TNT and did the Capitals-Panthers game uh, that went in overtime, and it looked like doom and gloom going into game four for Florida. And they really, uh, I mean, they just, they, they out-checked the Washington Capitals, who in the first three games of the series had definitely out-checked them and just, you know, won all the, just won all the uh, different battles through the middle of the ice in a neutral zone. And uh, we got ourselves a few series around the National Hockey League. So great time of year, and it's always good to be on with you guys. We do. And, uh, you know, just to pick up a little bit of that vibe I gave you at the top of uh, our start yeah. here, uh, are you okay with Sheldon Keith doubling down on a on a on a losing seven three roster. Usually we talk about don't change a winning lineup, but where are you with mm-hmm. uh, this doubling down on on this particular lineup? Yeah, I mean, look, Kipper. I mean, Sheldon. I mean, look, I think he's done a very very good job there, without a doubt. He knows his team better than any of us. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you would expect. Uh, you know, you, you would expect a change here or there or, you know, just to give a little bit of a different look. But, I mean, look, at the Leafs still have home ice. You know, you played, you know, the, the series has been relatively even to this point with, you know, guys coming in, the, in and out of the lineup to this point. So, look at, like, I mean, this is at the feet of the coach to say that, hey, look, at we're going to stay and, and we're going to stay status quo. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm probably a little bit surprised. I think on our, you know, on our TNT broadcast down here in the States, I think we kind of thought that there might be um, some lineup changes uh, up front anyways, maybe, you know, give some of your older veteran, bigger body guys an opportunity maybe to get in, you know, back into the lineup again, not knowing health situations with guys and whatever, but um, you no, know, look, uh, Hey, this is why, this is why the coaching business is, uh, is it is what it is. And you get paid to make these decisions. And I'm sure that, you know, upper management, you know, certainly is sitting there and talking with Sheldon Keefe and trying to figure this whole thing out. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a little bit surprised Kipper long-winded, but at the end of the day, uh, he gets paid to make these decisions. And is when you guys had me on maybe four or five weeks ago, um, you know, everybody will be judged come this time of year. And you got yourselves the best of three. You got home ice. You hold serve. You put the pressure back on Tampa Bay Lightning. So we'll see what happens tonight. Eddie, we'll probably skip back and forth on this series and the Florida one a little bit. I, I was watching that sure. Florida game last night and just – 
uh, you know, really thought that the Panthers carried the better part of the play and very nearly went down three to one in that series. Are yeah. are they yeah. are they playing with fire or or does they clearly look like the better team so far? Yeah, I I, I don't think so. I, I think this, you know, I think the Capitals have been the better team in this yeah. series. Overall, I mean, the five-on-five numbers, as, as you would know, certainly, you know, would certainly bear that out. And I, you know, going into that game last night, I, I thought, Justin, that really the key to the game would be the neutral zone. You know, could, could Washington continue to manage the game, continue to not give up odd man rushes because Florida – you know, like a couple of other teams in the league, really in the regular season, the Rangers, you know, the least to a certain extent, really feeding off of, I don't want to say trading chances, but getting chances off the rush and, and creating and generating. And they have had, not had a lot of that. I mean, even in game two when the Caps, you know, got beaten badly, the numbers really weren't, you know, weren't that bad. They just, you know, some blown coverages. And then last night in a, four-on-four situation, a bad read by John Carlson, and Verhage makes a heck of a play, and then Ekblad, you know, moves it over to him, and he scores, and so, you know, you you don't want to feed the beast, and for Florida, where Washington has really done a good job, um, you know, for the most part, maybe it's Florida's refusal to dump the puck in and, and trying to beat two and three guys like you maybe can in the regular season, they uh, they found a way last night, and I think they played a little bit more workmanlike. I think they played a little bit more straight-ahead hockey. I think they read a little bit better on plays that they had no chance of trying to beat anybody, or if they got the puck wide, then they were able to do that. So to me, I would look at this series, finding a way to go to the distance, but I would continue to look at the middle of the ice for that particular series where it seems like if Washington is going to win the series, they're going to have to win the battle in between the two blue lines. Eddie, where are you with the the start of the playoffs when it comes to the physicality? Because we did see a big hit, uh, Oshi on Bennett, but we're also seeing a Leaf team not overly concerned, uh, no Clifford, no Wayne Simmons, Washington, Mm -hmm. no Tom Wilson here and having success. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this just a, a... can we expect a, a, a bigger trend here, or is this just uh, something that has established early but will catch up once teams are four, six, eight weeks into the playoffs? Well, I think if you're not used to playing that way, Kipper, and look at Florida try to play that way, especially in game three against the Caps. And they're not, you know, they're not, I mean, they're not wired for that. I mean, you got guys, you know, Huberto running around and trying to make big hits. And look at, you love the, you love where his heart is and his mind is and whatever. But, you know, these guys aren't in condition to, you know, play that type of game like a Tom Wilson does or, you know, an Alexander Obeskin to a certain extent. And that's something I really admired about Ovi here is that, you know, with Wilson being out, he's tried to pick up some of the slack and he's taken a couple of runs at some guys. And that certainly gets everybody's attention. But I think where Ovi has really learned over the years has been being much more selective, um, picking his spots, saving his energy for 
what we all, you know, maybe not Florida right now, but we all enjoy seeing him do, right, is scoring goals and firing the puck and having all that energy on the offensive side of the puck. But, look, Kipper, I, I, the, the, the physical part of our game is always going to be there. It's always going to be intimidation, physicality is always going to be a part uh, I would hope it's always going to be a part I mean I would be disappointed if it, if it ever wasn't it, you know, to be a part of playoff hockey and you got to you know you, you can't be selfish I mean go back to game one where you know Clifford took this the, the selfish penalty like I mean that, that penalty just can't happen I mean you just and look at they won the game okay I get it but like that kind of stuff and especially from a veteran guy Look at everybody makes mistakes. That's the way that it goes. But like they can't. That, just in playoff hockey, you can't afford to do that because Tampa, just like the Leafs, if you give them a five-minute power play, they have the ability to score five goals. Like that's just fact. So you can't play in the playoffs and think it's a time to get even, or you're just going to go ahead and and, and 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 be the judge and jury and, and and figure it out yourself. So I mean, I've seen. I mean, over these playoffs, I mean. There's been some really, really bad penalties. I mean, I you know, I say selfish, but you can go probably a few more words in the vocabulary if you want it. But I think physicality, you need it. You got to be selective. You got to pick your spots. The guys that do it, you want them doing it. You want other guys to be able to you know battle nose over the puck mentality and and be selective there. But look, I I don't think there's any kind of a trend here, Kipper. I, I don't. I think if you if you're watching. If you're watching any of the Dallas Calgary, I mean, the, the trend is is that by the time they're done with the series, they might have like nine guys each available because it's just like you know. I mean, it's awesome. It, it is just it is great hockey and great entertainment value. I'm sure for fans in the buildings and watching on television. But I would always want that element on my team. I mean, if 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 it's if it sums up or thumbs down, I mean, absolutely 100. percent If you got it and you can use it, uh, I would I would take it all day long. Which really um, gets me into this next segue because you called the Toronto Maple Leaf game uh, uh, south of the border against Tampa Bay. And uh, yes, we just spoke moments ago about physicality, but there's just that that ultimate compete that you you see this time of year. I want to ask Sandy if he can give me the sound up on your call watching Willie Nylander go, go after a puck. Let's have a listen. And then here's that play by William Nylander. The puck is going. He's got a chance to go get it and go, no, I'm just going to do it. Tonight. I mean, look at I, 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 w- I would sit the guy the rest of the game. But, you know, I don't know how Gretz or Talk would think about that. I know it's a playoff game. It's probably easy to do it 5 nothing, Jonesy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, look at it. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that can't happen. Yeah, cle- clearly you weren't impressed. Well, no, I think if you played the cut a little bit earlier, Kipper, there, I mean, you know, right when it happened live, like that was the replay that, you know, that we had showed. And look, I, I saw him, you know, I, I saw him, Al E. Gator, a play a little bit earlier in the game, and I just gave him the benefit of the doubt, you know, like, look, at him. I mean, we know what type of player he is. I mean, I mentioned in the broadcast, like, he had a hell of a playoff. He was probably their best player last year in the playoffs. But in that situation, it was just it was it was just too obvious not to make mention of. And look at, forget the coach, forget his teammates. 
the message on the other side, I mean, look at, you know, and I said, I think right off the bat, I said, look, I, I only know a few players that really enjoyed getting hit. You know, I mean, there were very few, like, that's just, that's just the way that it is. And, you know, you, I mean, look, at you're better off to go for a change there, Kipper and Justin, than to go in there and just go, ah, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bail and whatever. Now, look at, I, you know, it, it's, it's my job. I call it the way that I see it. You know, you make your comment and then it, and then Eddie. you move on. And the guy, Eddie. then look at look at look at the guy came back and scored a guy called a couple. Scott guy scored a couple of goals. I did it a couple of years ago. Dougie Hamilton bailed out on Alexander. Uh, excuse me, I can't even say it. Dougie Hamilton bailed out on a play on Alexander Ovechkin where that led to a direct goal. And look at like that sends a message. Like Kipper in our day, in our day, forget the coach, forget the visiting team, what they're saying to you. You have to worry about your teammates. Right. If they saw you, like I could give you, Kipper, on our team in 94, and again, I know we won the cup, but I'm just using that as an example. There would have been 15 guys that if you or I decided to bail on a play like that, regardless, up five, down five, tied it to or whatever, and we bailed like that, I'd be more worried about what my teammates would say to me than what my coach would say to me or some old broken down hockey player broadcaster said about me. I Just, would be more concerned about what my teammates say. I don't know if that happens in today's game, to be honest with you. I, I'm going to sit here and venture to say probably not. Now, I'd like to think that somebody on the coaching staff would have showed them that and just go, hey, look, you're better off to change if you're not going to go get the puck and you don't want to get cleaned. But like the, the optics of it wasn't great. Uh, I, have, that same exact play happened uh, early in this season. I was doing a game, Chicago, Minnesota, and uh, sorry, Chicago, Phoenix, and Nick Schmaltz bailed out on a play. You know, that happened when I was doing games here in Chicago, and Nick Schmaltz was a matter of a player of the Blackhawks. When it's so obvious, you have to say it, and then you move on. So look at the guy came back and scored two goals. He's an important piece of the team. If he has compete, if he has the want to he can be a difference maker. But on that particular play, he took the easy way out, and that's not playoff hockey. JB, is it is it harder to bench these guys today than in our era, Eddie and I? Are- uh, well, I, I just think now everyone wants to know the why. I think it used to be just like you, you just got sat down, right? Like you had to figure it out yourself a little bit, and the, the, the level of communication, I think, is maybe a little bit different. But, boy, it would not have been hard to figure out following that moment, which is why I wanted to ask you, Eddie, about like the idea yeah. of, of learning to win and and how that process sort of works. Because you look in there around the NHL, you know, Ovechkin doesn't win till he's in his, I don't know, 10th, 11th, 12th season. Yeah, Look sure. at the, the best players in the league right now, McKinnon, McDavid's in his seventh season, Matthew's in his sixth. You yeah. know, what, what is the process to get these guys to a point where they figure out the, the sacrifice required? Uh, I think it's a, a, a great uh, question, uh, Justin. I think it is all part of the maturation process from, from within the individual and individuals and then obviously collectively as a franchise and, and doing whatever and having everything you're disposal to give your team an opportunity to, to find its way and, you know, ups and downs and positives and negatives. And, you know, regardless if, if you're playing and, you know, if you're playing in Toronto or you're playing in DC or you're playing a flood, but it, I mean, it really doesn't matter. I mean, like all I can speak is all I can speak to, and I think Kipper and I have had this 
conversation in private. So I hope he won't uh, get upset that I'm sharing this, but like it's, it's, you, you, you think you know how hard it is to win until you actually do it, Justin. Like yeah. my rookie year in the NHL, I got to the conference finals in 85 with Chicago. We played Edmonton. And of course you go back to 1985. I mean, the Oilers were right in the middle of, you know, winning 25 cups in a row and Brett's <laughs> and Mess and Kev and, you know, go on and on. Right. So like we got to game six in a conference final and we lost. That was my rookie year. So I hear I come in the NHL, 18 year old kid, Chicago kid, you know, living the dream, playing my hometown. And here we are two wins away from going to the Stanley cup final. Like I thought for the next nine years, when I came to Toronto and played there for three and a half years, and I went to the peg, you know, play there for three and a half years. I think there's a, uh, I think there's a routine here that where I kind of worn out my welcome every three and a half years. Somewhere. Um, but until you go through it and look at the Kipper and I, we were both role players on that team in 94, but until you actually live it and see it and feel it, you sit there and go, Justin, ah, okay. Now, now I know what it takes. Now I know is that there can't be any sellouts, right? Like it's gotta be, don't matter who plays, don't matter who comes into the lineup. Doesn't matter what the coach says. Doesn't matter any of that doesn't matter the media doesn't matter how upset the fans get with you you got to have a strong locker room obviously you got to have strong leadership but there's got to be and i think this is probably the word that probably would with that stands out with me and look at it, it it's it's it, it may be very minute but i think that there definitely has to be accountability from within the group and i and, and this has nothing to do with the president the gm the coach assistants the trainers this is just amongst the guys. And if there is that accountability, like I said about, you know, just talking about the Nylander play, going back to the bench is like, I really, like, doesn't matter what the coach is going to say to me or the assistant coach is going to pull out the iPad and show me what I did. I'd be worried about what, I know Wayne Simmons is going to play tonight, but I would be like, you know, what is Wayne Simmons going to say to me? What is Austin Matthews going to say to me? What is Nick Kiprios going to say to me? And that's where you just said, like, you know, we got, I mean, again, times are different. Doesn't happen, I don't believe, as much as it did back in the day, whether it's right or wrong. But I think that accountability, Justin, long-winded again for yours truly, I think that that to me is what, is that's how you really figure out what the hell it takes to win in this league. And it is a fine line. Things can change. A coach can challenge a play when he shouldn't challenge a play. And the puck ends up in the net on that next power play and you lose a game and all of a sudden you're in a series that's 2-2. And, I mean, forget that game. I mean, like, you know, decisions like that are, are, are history-altering. And um, it's not easy to win in this league. And I think you have to have that accountability. And I don't, obviously, not only yourself, but, uh, you know, from within the group. Loved your candor perspective on all of this edzo uh that was awesome we had you and craig simpson as far as i'm concerned two of the best uh north and south of the border calling games man lucky to have you on our show thank you edzo okay kipper love you man see you justin be okay, well man, man. Stay Th- thanks so much Eddie. <laughs> yeah boy and we got great perspective today from these guys yeah we sure did and you know just to Oaks. pick up on that and that's where i think it would probably help if you had a few more Stanley Cup rings in the room for the Leafs. As, as far as I'm concerned, it's just Jake Muzzin, correct? Yes. 
That's all I got. Yep. And I don't know. Does someone would an Austin Matthews now and a Mitch Marner be able to do that? Listen, I I witnessed Mark Messier picking up Issa Tekin and once in the dressing room and. I've never seen skates dangle off the floor like that before. Really? And you know, it's like well, his feet aren't touching the ground right now. And yeah, that's that's it's amazing. Like that's that's sometimes what it takes for certain guys in the room. It's your peer group that has to go and say that's not good enough. And we can't win if you're going to be like that. Mm. We need a better you. And it might not be Sheldon or Brendan Shanahan or Kyle Dubas. It might be the guy with the same uniform sitting beside you. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see how they respond tonight. This is, this is as big as it gets, doesn't it, Sammy? Yeah, I, I just the more closer we get here, the more nervous I get. But uh, you look at the leaders and you look at the, the sort of leadership group, if there's going to be that guy that does what Mark meant, there's not going to be a guy that does that. But who would it be? Who are you looking to to be that guy to kind of like – because we always talk about John Tavares. We don't know what he's like behind closed doors, but he seems like a more of a lead-by-example type of guy, not the biggest rah-rah guy. Once in a while, you need a guy to step up and kind of say something. Is there someone in that room that's going to do that? We don't know the dynamics, but I'd be interested to know who that would be. Well, could it be Morgan Riley? Could it be Austin Matthews? Like, you know, we're talking about the transition from want to win to hate to lose. Like, are they just going to get sick of seeing the same thing when someone makes the transition and says, I'm just sick of watching you do that in a playoff game? I think Mitch Marner's had a year uh, that he could do that, and he's won. Mm-hmm. He's won a Memorial For Cup. For sure. He's, he's won a, a world championship and, and juniors, and he's he's got a pretty good winning resume. You know, the, it doesn't have a Stanley Cup like Muzzin, but this guy's won before. He's got well, he's, a, he's he's got a leader somewhat, on the team. Right? And he's a leader. Like, I think he can go and point a finger in a chest, you know, behind closed doors. I think, you know, last year it would have been harder. I think this year, holding up his end of the bargain, you know, they, they've got some points. He's played a big part of the kill. He certainly it would be a lot easier for him to have that authority. I don't know about you, Kipper, but, you know, obviously I was doing it in the minors and college and stuff, but I never felt like I had as much leeway to say anything unless I was playing well and felt good about my own performance. Yeah, that, that that has to be a given, right? That just has to be a given that you you are leading the charge. You're not quitting on pucks. You're playing every minute, regardless of what the score says. Like, it means something. And if you're not, then you're not in a position to do that. But I think at this point, Matthews, Marner, Morgan Riley, I, lo- I loved yeah. Morgan challenging Braden Point towards the latter yeah. part of the game. I loved it. And, and, fi- and Sammy, fighting you, Ruda, and he's been great. You know, Riley's been engaged. You know, Engville doesn't have that. I don't think he, he quite understands that part of it. Uh, but that's okay. We don't really expect anything much more out of Engville other than hopefully playing with some speed and getting to the net and you know creating some buzz. But as far as the rest of it's concerned probably need to go more to a a leadership group. 
Mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if part of that is just not growing up watching and being indoctrinated by North American hockey like the rest of us and that just being such a part of it. But, you know, so now, you know, the other thing I wanted to, to play for us, that clip on Cooper and managing the swings, you know, that that's a big thing for me with this series is it seems so much more emotionally taxing in Toronto, on Toronto, than on Tampa Bay, who's won and has less media. Why don't we play the clip from Cooper on uh, managing the swings in the series? Um, no offense, but do not read the media or anything that goes on there. I've got beliefs with our coaching staff of what we want to do and how we're going to do it, and we play it out that way. And a lot of communication with our players in, in what we're going to do. Um, and then the other thing is not like riding the emotions of the game or the series or anything like that. It is you know, complete and utter focus on getting our job done during the game and not trying to let outside noise or the white noise from anywhere affect what we're trying to do. And I think I've learned that over the years of, I think, I've learned to take a breath instead of holding my breath. And from, I guess, early in my career till now, and it's, I guess, somewhat served me well. I guess it's somewhat served me well. Yeah, okay, John. Yes, somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm doing okay, guys. I'm doing okay. Shut up. Oh, God. <laughs> I love it and hate them so much. It's it's yeah. that is so I, arrogant. I guess I'm, it's, I'm yes. yeah, finding it all right out it, here. And it comes from sheer jealousy. That's oh, 100%. That's it, One thousand percent. There you go. But if if it's if he stands corrected with uh, not riding the emotion, Sheldon Keefe's actually done a pretty good job. And and just to go back to you know the, that comment or that yeah the comment. By Steve Simmons, I, I know a lot of people, including me, that probably would have snapped on Steve Simmons to try to protect my player Justin Hall, and he didn't. He didn't get caught up in that. He's not riding the emotion of this series. Actually, he's done actually a pretty good job of the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, no, and maybe that'll point. maybe that'll serve him. Maybe it'll be his demise. But it is where he has placed his bets on being this guy and that composed figure. And, yeah, that's a good point. That was uh, that was a pretty tactful way for him to handle that whole thing. So I just can't believe that Cooper, you know, on the spot can come up with a line, I've learned to take a breath rather than holding my breath. Because that's what it feels like the Leafs c- could use sometimes. Yes. Just taking Exactly that. Yeah. And I don't know if this is even a fair comparable, but, like, I was so, so nervous the first few times I did TV. And now a couple years into it, I can't tell you how much better it is to be able to breathe well on set and just to breathe in those more stressful moments. And that's the Leafs is, you know, having been in these moments now for years, have they been in enough playoff moments to breathe or have their failures made them even more tense? We shall find out. One series. One series is all it takes. JB, when I first started in broadcasting, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I couldn't remember my my teammates' names. Oh, I I, I know. I was just... No access to your brain. And it it only took me about five or six years just to say to myself, (laughs) 
Stop giving a what other people think. Yeah. That yeah, was it. Yeah. That was the key to my success. It yeah. was like, I've had it. I've just had it about caring about what other people might think of me up here. And just Can't make everyone happy. Be yourself. And then it changed. It just changed when you... you you kind of calmed the pulse down a little bit, and yeah, you hope after an five or six least tries. Here. That's what I think there is. Five or six tries. I hope the Matthews, the Morgan Rileys, the Marners come in and they say the same thing. Just stop, care, and just care. And this goes back to what Simmer said, right? That it's it's external. It's all just crap. Mm-hmm. What really matters is what we're. What we have inside of us now to say, this is my time. This is the game that I will bring the best out of me. But it's not external in 2022. That's the thing. That's the only thing with what Simmer said that like in 2022, it can be external from Sheldon Keefe. It can be external from the general manager. It can be external. But all these guys are on their phone all day long. Like you're going to tell me Matthews and Marner haven't been looking at Instagram and look, haven't been looking at okay. TikTok. And do we, been looking, I bet they haven't. Do we believe John Cooper? You don't Cooper, think they have at all. John Cooper on a couple of occasions uh, has said, uh, don't, don't follow media. Don't. Do you think the, the, the players are, are, are doing what he says? I think Mitch Marner's staying off it. Or some of them are, but some of them aren't. You're not going to control 20 guys. No. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that those guys aren't on the gram. I really do. And, like, you know, there's always a natural feeling to read stuff about yourself. And if you're struggling a little bit, depends the type of person you are, if you want to read something like that. Like, I'd love to say that it is totally external. And I think come playoff time, there is a little bit of a – you know, a rein in on the social media stuff and other stuff. I definitely, you, you do rein it in a bit, but I do think that there's still a factor of some guys reading the comments and reading their mentions. I really do. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. You want to do a few news and notes? What do we have? We got uh, finalists Two for the Vesna, Markstrom, yeah. Saros, and Shesterkin. Mm-hmm. You good, guys? Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. I'm sorry. Surprise, I, I no Freddie. Oh. No, 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 no. I, I just don't think. Yeah, no. Freddie Anderson might be the only thing of note. Sammy, that's the one caught your eye. Yeah, like, listen, I'm very happy that he's not in there. Like, I'm not to get down on the guy, but I would not have been great for Leaf fans to have an added little kick in the you know where to have the guy that they let go win the Vesna. So, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm surprised he's not in there. I'm not that upset that he's not in there. But yeah, uh, those are the three guys. So just a little quick housekeeping. The thing I'm excited for is the the draft lottery and i i love you know i just i guess maybe it's from my times in the last five years before they got matthews of you know living and dying by this and i think back to when they should have rigged it for mcdavid for toronto and they they screwed it over by (laughs) one ball and he went to edmonton but it's exciting for franchises like it's the two opposite sides of the spectrum obviously right you look at the habs who have a huge chance of getting shane wright who by all accounts is a huge guy and I, I, I think it's exciting for those team, the, the fans of the lower teams. So just before prior, uh, we went on air for the show, I said, listen, why don't we get Shane Wright? We'll get him on just in, you know, for five minutes, see what's up tonight, what's going on. There's, yeah. I'm sure he's got a big party going on. The family's in the living room, right? Yep. No. But no. no. Playing tonight. Oh, no. Right. Was, uh, duh. Playing tonight. He's, <laughs> yeah. He, he, the, uh, his his team's uh, one one with North Bay, and 
So when when this thing goes down, he I think he's probably in warm up where he's on the ice. And they're like, like, hey, just so you know, here's where the rest of your life is going to be located. One of the biggest moments in his life, the biggest moment of his life, and you can't pick a night where he's not playing. (laughs) You know? Here's what we got tonight for the draft lottery odds. Montreal Canadiens are the front runners for the uh, the first overall pick at 18.5%, which is less than a 1 in 5 chance that they actually get it, but they have the best odds of anyone, followed by Arizona, <laughs> Seattle, yeah. Philadelphia, New Jersey, Chicago, Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo. That's as far as I'll go. Down to 5%. Oh my God! Every time I, I've watched these the last few years, that you see Detroit always sink, right? They I know just, they never get lucky in 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 the draft lottery. So what's I, best I for the it. league? Maybe, maybe it's their year. Habs. It's in Montreal too, isn't it? Yeah. The draft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Best best for Sportsnet? Did you say? <laughs> that would be yeah, not Arizona. Arizona that... too has to be a terrifying prospect for the league. Terrifying. Yeah. Oh, he gets to uh, gets to go to college. All you know, that's <laughs> you're He's playing, playing junior uh, and college. Campus. Are, are right. they playing in North Bay or Kingston tonight? Because whatever rink he's playing, it'll be bigger than the one he plays in in the NHL if he uh, if he goes there. And just uh, a note he's, on... Sh- he's in oh, Kingston tonight. Yeah. On Shane Wright, he actually scored the series-clinching overtime winner against the Oshawa Generals in their first round with bar down to the backhand. So just wanted to get that note in there. After the Oshawa Generals tied it with one second left to extend their season. So no pretty way. crazy moment. Yeah, and then Shane Wright broke all their hearts. Nice. But yeah. Yeah, he's all right. a uh, good player. Go, all right, let's 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 move on a little bit. Uh, coming <laughs> off of uh, the announcement uh, for the Vesna Shesterkin, uh, I think the cover of the New York Post had something like Shesterkies, the New York Rangers, they called them. <laughs> Shesterkin in the bed? <laughs> Shesterkies. They are livid right now. At uh, being down three-one and 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 watching this team just kind of wilt against Sid Crosby, but it's Sid Crosby first of all. Like, is there Sid a better is still line? The on, man. Is there a better line on the planet than him? Um, uh, uh, Rust yeah. and uh, Jake uh, Gensel. Oh my God, those guys Kipper. are on fire. If we went, if we rolled back the clocks a couple weeks going into playoffs and you said you can have one guy start picking your playoff team. I don't, I still think it's Sid over Matthews, McDavid, McKinnon. It's still Sid. It's still Maybe Sid. Maybe McCarr. Maybe McCarr. But yeah, Sid's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's just, he, 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 it's like he toys with them. He's, how is he a bully and the guy with the puck at the same time? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> hey, JB, and you're 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 one on on numbers, and uh, you know it it really bold true with the New York Rangers that they were just heavy all season long on Shesterkin. Yeah, and then he he turns around, he tries to save them in the first two games. He makes what eighty four saves or something ridiculous. 
Yeah. And now he's bending a little bit, and he's one game away from breaking. But this this was fairly consistent all season long with the Rangers, was it not? That that it's you're only going as far as Shesterkin. Yeah, they leaned super super heavy on him. Only 53 starts, but um, you know, easily the guy who carried. You know, their team didn't carry the play a lot. I didn't think a lot of those goals last night were on him. There's a lot of backdoor passes, tips, redirects. Like when the Leafs were at their worst and their goaltending was at their worst, it felt like everything was tipped and redirected. That felt like it was it for Shesterkin last night. However. I can't help but feel like there's some karma there. You guys saw Shesterkin waving the Penguins off the ice in like the last or second last game of the year. Dumb. You know, giving them the arrogant, bye-bye. He shut him out 3 nothing. So dumb. What goes around comes around, as my great friend Justin Timberlake was said, once said. <laughs> All right, now uh, who I'm was it? i uh, from singing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. who, who was it? Is it too late now to say sorry? <laughs> Close. There you go. Close. <laughs> Sammy, was it you prior to the show that asked the question, who has more pressure tonight on them, the Leafs or the Oilers? Was that you? That was me. He did ask that. Yeah, I he said did, that. yeah. And and where are we on that, uh, JB? You go first. <laughs> what? I mean, the, the Leafs world is going to implode if they lose a hockey game tonight. You know, the Oilers, everyone's still going to think the Oilers are going to win the series, are they not? It's the Leafs going away. Sammy's been nervous since breakfast today. Yeah, I get that. Mm, but Maybe even before that. <laughs> can, you, can you buy into a little bit that the Oilers cannot lose to L.A., but the Leafs would have a better job of selling a loss against the Stanley Cup champions. Okay. No? Uh, the, the opponent percent. theory. Yeah, there, okay. there's something there. Give me that. All right. All right. Give me that. Wow, that's a fast two hours, guys. Is that the, our exit music? It is. Yeah. Almost hot. All right. Our time. thanks. Craig Simpson and Eddie Olchuk from TNT. Two of the best in the game. Enjoy game five, Sammy. Where are you watching? Winner... I'll be watching in my living room, curled up in my ball. The winner of the game tonight wins the series. So stay tuned. Does Ali get to sit beside you, or are you like one of those, I need to be uh, alone? Dark room guy. Big dark room dark guy. Room guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Real Kipper and Bourne. We're back tomorrow to talk game five. Enjoy your night. <laughs>